Imaginings, where lazy authors talk about star ideas that they'll never get around to writing. New episodes every Sunday. Let us know if you use one of our ideas and we'll give your story a shout out in a subsequent episode. Platinum members get access to our podcast in virtual 3D. I'm not entirely certain how one would choose to become a Platinum member or really what uh, virtual 3D means in this context, but apparently that's what we're doing now, so I just got to get behind it. Isn't that where, like, you put on a VR headset and then you get to be, like, in the video? I don't know if that counts as virtual 3D. That's, like, real 3D, right? No, it's virtual because you're not in the same room as the video. Definitely virtual. <laughs> There's a lot more than, like, standard... I, I would just call... Why would you call that 3D, then? Like, if you're there in real life... So why are we comparing the virtual to that to begin with? Well, I mean, you have to say it's 3D, otherwise then it's just tuning into a regular video. A 2D video. Okay, so if you have to say that it's 3D, or you could say that it's VR, why do you say virtual 3D instead? Anyways, I'm just confused. Um... Not any shorter than saying virtual reality. But it is much longer than saying VR. Sure, but it sounds more impressive. <laughs> <laughs> there we go, it's a marketing term. Got it, got it. Yes. I'm caught up yeah. now. Okay, there you go. So, um, don't send us money. We do not have any streaming ability. Like, no video, let alone 3D. We don't have a way to get platinum members to begin with, so, you know, as long as we never allow that, then we never have to fulfill this. So it's a yeah. false promise. We'd have to figure out how to film in 3D, which is possible, but sounds like a hassle. It's uh, not even that hard. Anyways, hi, I'm Ethio. <laughs> uh, Author of Rune Metagame and a bunch of other stuff, and, you know, fun fact is, I'm totally face-blind and sometimes that's a problem. Hey, you have a fun fact for us. Exactly. It was relevant yesterday. <laughs> Hi, my name is Eunice. I'm the author of Fantasia and Eternal Source. And I'm not face blind, but I have a terrible memory for both names and faces, probably because I don't care. Uh... <laughs> which is an entirely separate problem, which can cause some of the same issues, but not yeah. the one where somebody super recognizes you and you spend the next 20 minutes trying to figure out who the heck they are. <laughs> oh no, I do that probably once a week. Uh, so well, is I, that 20 minutes that you spend in discussion with them, or is that 20 minutes that you spend Oh, no, 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 I never, I, never, I never stay there for 20 minutes. I get out there, I'm, I'm busy. <laughs> yeah, they apparently knew me well enough to have that conversation, and I don't know from where. And we're gonna skip over that entirely. Yeah. The key is to just have someone page you. It's like the best way to get out of anything. Oh, I have to answer this. Sorry, bye. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather not work at a job where that's a likely occurrence. We need an app on our phone where you press it and an emergency like calls you and you're like, oh shit, I have to answer that. Sorry. <laughs> I could totally set that up, but I don't think I will because uh, that sounds like a lot. Um, 
Well, it's not. It's not that it would be hard <laughs> to set up. It would. It's that it would be. That sounds like a lot. Like just. Hey, you could sell it. Not like a lot of work. Money. No, I'm sorry. Not like a lot of work. It sounds like a lot. Just like emotionally to deal with, and you know, uh, <laughs> I'm not about that. I think there's a high demand for this button. <laughs> You know, I can see several situations where it would be extremely useful. <laughs> Email us if you want Atheo to create this app. <laughs> I am, you know, as soon as I started thinking about it, I realized that there were a lot of situations where it might actually be, like, super useful. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> if it fakes a call. Yeah. <laughs> Think about it. Think about it. <laughs> Moving on from extremely lucrative ideas. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, anyways, moving on. Um, Anyways, uh, this week I'm supposed to come up with an idea and not the one that we just accidentally came up with here. Hey, that Um, was my idea. (laughs) Exactly, I said we. I'm being helpful. Um, (laughs) But the idea that I have this week is sort of a sort of a strange one, in that it's a Magitek-based first contact story. I don't know if you've ever read anything sci-fi first contact. Mm, probably not. Well, that makes this more difficult, but not incredibly so. Um, essentially, what I was thinking was we have a sort of civilization with its, with its magic system, and I just want to lay out the basics of it right here in that what I was thinking was it's essentially channeling from, well, the people in the world call it chaos, but realistically it's more like change. Okay. So, like, you channel some of this change, and the easiest way to channel this change is into your own body, and to make a few changes there in quiet and meditation so that you make them correctly, and then leave them permanently, and then never touch anything else. The difficulty is when you try to make changes that are outside of your body, they're not, like, permanent in the sense that the ones on your body are. Or you could make them permanent, but it would be permanent in relation to where your self is. So, like, if you have a burning ball of fire five feet in front of your face, and then you just leave that there, it's kind of... Strange and weird and not particularly helpful if you have to move. Um, Okay. Essentially, stuff like that. Now, the first contact part of it comes when somebody does a truly ridiculous amount of math. So we're talking about a scientifically advanced version of this society. Um, And figures out how to essentially explore planets... That are super far away by dropping portals onto them using this magic system, uh, by doing a truly insane amount of math and uh, <laughs> a lot of visualization practice as well. So they manage to essentially drop portals that can last for several hours on other planets while they explore them. And then our first contact story is this society coming up against some other society of aliens and i would make them pretty alien aliens so it's like a 
a magical society coming in contact with like a technologically advanced society? Well, it's a magically and technologically advanced society. It's <laughs> okay, but what's the alien society like? Uh, I I don't really know. That's uh part of what I wanted to discuss here. I came up with the framing device. <laughs> technologically and magically advanced society. So is are we doing sci-fi or fantasy? Yes. Uh, gross. <laughs> How is that gross? That's that's fun. I like it. Whatever. That. It's a world where there's magic, but the magic is also known as math. <laughs> Look, if we want to make the magic tech-themed, that's okay, but it's still magic in the way that it works. Still magic. You know, if we want to say that they're pulling from higher dimensions in order to do this magic, whatever, but... I mean, you know, in the modern world, that woo-woo that people do with quantum stuff is pretty much magic as far as the rest of us can tell, so it's fine. <laughs> Look, things stop making sense when you get too small, and that's just how the world is, and you're gonna have to deal with that. <laughs> yeah, so you know, whatevs. Magic, tech, it's all the same. We just have to decide whether there is someone in the world who understands it. Maybe that one crazy math guy. (laughs) The one who's popping these portals into existence. Okay, we'll just have that as a running joke where, like, a lot of people just call it magic. And they're like, no, it's not magic. It's math. (laughs) I mean, everybody can do it. It's just that not everybody can do the math involved. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So as far as they can tell, it's magic. (laughs) It's like, no, it's math. Of course, if you don't do the math involved, there's also the chance of you ending up with some sort of horrible mutation, but we don't really talk about that. Only dumb people both choose to try and do it and ignore the math. (laughs) Not that it won't happen, because, you know, there's always dumb people out there. You know, I mean, they don't live very long. (laughs) I mean, they don't live very long if they keep doing it, but, like, the first couple of times, I don't imagine... The, the random change that they get would necessarily be lethal, just extraordinarily problematic. You know, like the time where you replace, like, I don't know, your stomach with a ball of fire by accident. <laughs> See, that's just a screw-up. That's fully lethal. Yeah, that kind of stuff happens. And then you get turned into, like, a lesson to lazy children about what happens if you don't pay attention in class. Turning your stomach into a ball of fire is still better than just gooping yourself. Is it? Which one hurts more? I mean, I think that the stomach one would probably hurt more, but the gooping yourself is more viscerally horrifying. Yeah, but, I mean, if you had to choose, like, who cares if you're grossing other people out when you die? (laughs) Oh, man. You know, I think I actually do care. Uh... Really? You'd rather have, like, an excruciating death that's not as gross to other people? How considerate. <laughs> I mean, it's just pain, right? Oh, yeah, but who, it's just ickiness. Like, what's wrong with that? You can't get over it. <laughs> we have different perspectives on this. Um. <laughs> I'm right. Okay, and so there's aliens, okay? And they're like, I don't know. What are we going to do a twist? They're, like, cute? Are they... Well, I would make them alien. Just strange, more than anything else. They're... Maybe they're... I don't know. They're kind of, like, side-dimensionally existent. They're tangential to 
what we understand. I don't really think we'd be able to communicate with that. Yeah, maybe we can't. Maybe we can only get indirect communication slash interaction. So maybe it's like detecting gravity waves. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's that's strange in a way that is difficult to make into a, a good story. I don't know. What kind of aliens do you want to do? I mean, the one that you just suggested might work. It's just that, like, it's strange in a way that's difficult to make into a good story. I'm wondering where we go with it. Well, you know, like, experimenter person is, like, really excited. Maybe they theorized that these people existed this whole time. Maybe they're, like, actually, you don't really have to go exploring distant planets. They're actually, like, they live on the same planets that, that the regular people do. Just 90 degrees in, into that dimension. <laughs> Wait, so this is a portal that twists and allows you to contact them? Uh, it essentially twists reality sideways so that you can switch the way that you're oriented? Yeah. Like, when people were going through it, they they thought, oh, we're just, like, moving in this dimension. But actually, it's not in the space that they're used to. They move- You're not being moved so much as you're being rotated. <laughs> and they have- we had to come up with a new, um, term. You know, you got time, you got space, and then you got these sets of dimensions. <laughs> space is already several dimensions at once. Yeah. But there's another, it's not like they're different, it's just that we have to come up with a new terminology for it because people can't wrap their minds around the concept. Bunch of weirdos. I think that that's uh, actually pretty easy, you know? But it's fine. Um, and then, um, you know, they're like the equivalent of the original people, but 90 degrees. <laughs> they have magic and technology and, you know, a reproductive biology system that's analogous, but See, not... but it doesn't need to be... It doesn't need to be one that necessarily makes sense to people who live yeah. here. No, yeah. It's like... It just needs to reproduce more of that same species. Yeah, it like, it works, but it's pretty weird if you think about it too hard. <laughs> or if you or if you don't think about it too hard, you can make it just weird. I mean, it's only weird if you're not from that dimension, right? Pretty well, yeah, exactly. Like, maybe, I don't know, they uh, don't reproduce inside their own bodies, and instead they, like, essentially have to build more of themselves that then over time shrink to their proper size as they cast off the bits that they don't want. Yeah. Yeah, they're like, I don't know, it's like the way that, I don't know, stars are born. They just, like, collect bits of matter and kind of mush it. <laughs> kind, of kind of that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They collect bits of matter, they mush it into beings, and then that being, as it goes about its life, casts off the bits of matter that it no longer wants as it develops. Very yeah. normal life cycle. Don't know what's confusing about that. And then, yeah, that cast off stuff. Can be collected by somebody else. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so they shrink as they age. This is very normal stuff. They don't really distinguish between space and time artificially the way we do. I mean, yeah. Not necessarily. 
Although they may not be able to travel in time, but that may be them going like, but we're on the downhill there, so we can't really do anything about that. I mean, they probably can with effort, but like they can't, I would say they can travel in time, but not while staying in the same place in space. It's kind of like stair climbing. They gotta move up and forward. I don't know about <laughs> I don't know about stair climbing, but maybe um, like where you have like a really sheer cliff to the point where it's extremely difficult to climb because there aren't really any handholds on it. But if you you know move sort of sideways on it, you can sort of get a little bit of traction. Very mountain goat yeah. style. So like they can travel in time. But not to a place where they've already been. So they can't cause any time loops with their shenanigans. I see, I see. Because they can only, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we could just decide that this is a world where, while they can, quote-unquote, time travel, it's more like they can, you know, it, it's the always-existed type of time travel, so it's not really... <laughs> yeah. You know, maybe just have someone try and explain it and then, like, just have the characters get really confused and just be like, yeah, we'll just, we'll go with something. We're just gonna move on. <laughs> but it's confusing. Important rule. Do not try to screw the time travelers on trade negotiations. <laughs> yeah. It's more like they can visit, like, friends who, who have chosen to live in different eras and stuff. But, like, when they go back... That, I, that would be a long way to visit. Yeah. It would be, the, you know, the equivalent of visiting someone on another continent or something. Like, it's a, it's a lot, but they can do it. But they don't do it, like, that often in terms of travel. They would only be able to do it every once in a while because they have to fully, like, crawl up through time and then crawl back down through time. Well, yeah, but, you know, like, they, it's, it's like it used to be harder... It used to be like, you know, walking, but now they have technology that helps. So it's like, it's tedious, but, and it costs a lot of money. Or you could do it the old way. Or maybe they don't even have a concept of money. They're just kind of... Yeah, the point is, it's not, it's not impossible anymore. Cause, but don't try and get like a layperson to explain to an alien like how that actually works. Because like, honestly... Most people, they just use the technology and they don't really know how that works. <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah. And um, they're probably, like, more of a telepathic race. I don't know that I would make them telepathic. I would just make their, you know, communications not really follow uh, our language rules. Like, I would make them a society where it's, like, really hard to lie because of the way they communicate so when why would you choose that exactly because that's one of the ways that make people seem really alien is like if they don't have the concept of like social lies <laughs> does that make people seem really alien because to me that just makes them seem autistic and that's a, an entirely separate can of worms that i don't want to get into anymore no Social lies are the bedrock of humanity. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> That's what you think. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. <laughs> all humanity? Because there's a very big difference between part of humanity and all of humanity. I mean, most of humanity. Are you talking about the allistic portion of humanity? Because, again, that's the issue I have. 
It's not about being autistic or not, I think. But, no, even, it has nothing to do with being autistic. Like, you know, like, even just keeping your rude opinions to yourself. Just to not stir up trouble. Or, like, trying to get along with people who okay, you need but to work with. I would have them have concepts of something like tact, if not necessarily lying. Yes, but it's not that they... Like, I would say there'd be, like, the way they communicate, where it's, like, the way that people lie, the way we lie, would just, like, not work. Like, it would just be, like, why are you just saying something that's, like, completely not true based on the way they communicate? Maybe they use sort of, like, a color-changing system that's, like, 80% autonomous. Like, they don't really have control over it. Yeah. Like, I'm sure, like, they probably have their own version of lying, but it's so different from the regular people's version of lying that the first contact, you got some awkwardness going on where they're trying to... It's less lying and more a sort of um, listener or receiver. This is, yeah, it would be a sort of receiver effect where it's like, ah, I can see that you have this opinion and I'm not going to bring it up. Ever. Yeah. It's just a different kind of subtext. I'm not explaining it right, but um, I'm just trying to make everything 90 degrees and not your classic boring aliens who are just like big heads and tentacles and... Uh... Look, they're just not humans in funny hats <laughs> and we're not gonna go that way. And they're not, they're not based on earth biology. Absolutely not. No earth biology allowed. Yeah. So you just gotta think weird, not opposite, weird. Because when you do opposite, then that's still based on the same set of norms. <laughs> you gotta go 90 degrees. Think tangential, guys. Um, okay, so you know, have some amusingly confused... Amusingly confused people, amusingly confused aliens, and dealing with them both. The scientists who figure out how to do this is... Rapidly trying to teach other people how to do the same convolution and thought that's required to set up the portals. It probably takes a weird convolution and thought to talk to the aliens, too. You it know? takes a very different convolution and thought to talk to the aliens. It's even worse. And then, uh, you know, like, the powers that be are, like, freaking out because, like, you know, first contact with aliens, but their main contact is this, like, Super undiplomatic scientist guy who doesn't give a crap about politics. <laughs> <laughs> but we could learn so much from them. Also, they could invade the planet. Eh. Well, but they already kind of live here tangentially. So it's not like they're going to want, like, our dimension. <laughs> it's not comfortable. Well, any more than any normal two countries who, have a, who share a border would want to immigrate back and forth. And then, like, uh, you know, the aliens send one of their individuals over who's, like, very um, friendly but strange. <laughs> <laughs> They're not going to hurt people, but they are just going to wander around, and that's enough of an issue. <laughs> and just, I don't know, cause, like, maybe their presence just causes very unlikely but not impossible things to suddenly become way more probable 
just by being there. <laughs> mm. And that causes a lot of chaos. Um, and then, like, everyone's, like, trying to, like, figure out what's going on and uh, make sure none of the improbable things that are about to happen uh, are too dangerous. The uh, twist wasn't... The twist when you transport through it isn't fully successful, so weird stuff just happens to you if you go through. And that's just kind of how that's going to be. You know, it's just a couple of people... There's some nice stuff, like a couple... No matter which direction you go. A couple of people are just spontaneously cured of cancer. But, you know, there's also, like, an explosion every once in a while. Usually small. (laughs) Usually small. You know, like, what are the chances it's going to happen right in the middle of your... What is it? Your research facility for developing new detonation techniques. (laughs) Again... Probably non-existent. It's just not going to happen. You know? I'm just thinking of those, like, when I was learning in chemistry class. There is a small possibility that, out of sheer chance, all of the air molecules in the room will go to that far corner for long enough for you to suffocate. I mean, it's very... It's not particularly likely. It's not, it's not even just not likely. It's like, it's if you calculate the odds, it's like the chances of it happening it would take longer than the current predicted like lifespan of the universe for it to happen. But, but there's no suddenly... <laughs> theoretical reason why it can't. <laughs> yeah. But then suddenly, this person comes through and the chance goes up to 1%, and everyone's like, oh, shit. <laughs> okay, 1% is still far too high. <laughs> That's massively high. Think of all the people who would drop dead. <laughs> exactly. Like, we can... We can make that... Like, 30 times as common, and <laughs> that's all we need. Mm, no, 30 times as common as its actual likelihood of happening, it still wouldn't happen. Exactly! But, um, yeah, it's just, like, stuff like that. But there's other things that you think definitely wouldn't happen that would occur at 30 times more likely. I guess, yeah. I can't come up with lots of fun ideas, but, um... Well, yeah, you'd probably only run into one or two impossibilities instead of, like impossibilities all the time you know maybe like the visitor touches a baby who then becomes some kind of very 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 unlikely massive talent in some area nobody can really explain why and it might not have anything to do with the alien but but (laughs) (laughs) you know it's a nice suspicion yeah, maybe the baby was already that talented. We don't know. Um. <laughs> it's really hard to tell because, you know, baby. Sample size of one. And, uh, yeah. So, uh, shenanigans. Exactly. Um, shenanigans ensue. Um, well, also, like, what I would do at least is have straight up, like, embassy style. Like, you move 30, 40 people from our home planet to the alien planet and, you know, in reverse the same thing. I mean, I think it'd be really funny if both sides are honestly trying to be very friendly and peaceful, but like just the consequences of their commerce or interactions is like crazy, like events that are on the scale of like a natural disaster or an invasion. (laughs) I think that if you want to do that and have things stay peaceful, you need to have them understand that these events are 
not caused by the fundamental fact that they're interacting with each other. Otherwise, you have xenophobia issues, at least with a humanity-like analog, which uh, I assume that we started with. Well, I mean, it's like due to the dimensional twists and stuff, but like it can be it can be fixed as long as they understand the math better, which they will, but they're going through some rough patches. But like it's not like everything that's happening is bad. Otherwise, people would be like, "No, no to the aliens." But like some you know, unrealistically good stuff is also happening at the okay, same time. Okay, but they've got to be, it's got to be slightly actually balanced in favor of the good stuff. Otherwise, negativity bias is an issue. Yeah. Well, you know, you'll, like, probably the first thing that happens is really big and really good. So then you get at least the first impression. Um, oh, okay. Like... So we're, we're having our two biases uh, work against each other then. Got it. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, you get some, some uh, there's probably a, we'll, we'll feature a PR team. <laughs> like PR team is constantly and frantically working on, like, how do we spin, this guy just disappeared and appeared four months later and we don't know what happened. Like... You're, they have one job, and that is to prevent the formation of a pitchfork-wheeling mob. <laughs> you have one job, and one job only. <laughs> oh, I've got no. it. Our, our two perspectives are going to be uh, bouncing back and forth between the PR team and the science team. <laughs> you know. <laughs> on one side, causing problems. On the other side, fixing them. Which is which depends on the day. <laughs> But you can't have them, you know, being painted as, like, you know, just pure, I don't know, saints or miracle workers or anything. They're just, they're just people. Well, that's why I said which is the problem and which is the solution depends on the day. Yeah, it's like, we may have accidentally led the public to believe that the miraculous cures of terminal illness that these people have done, like, were on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so now they're expecting it. <laughs> um, unfortunately, we all know that that's not a thing we can reliably cause to happen. Not even close. Not even, like, reliably or unreliably. It's like, we don't even know what happened. We don't understand what happened. And neither does the visitor. <laughs> Great. There's a bunch of people being confused and trying to keep it together, you know? <laughs> exactly. On both sides, to be fair, which I think would be funny to have, like, a super alien perspective chapter where they're just as confused, but it just doesn't manifest in a way that the other side can really see. Yeah. It's like, the way that the communication magic works, or translation, or I don't know. I would just make it technology. Magic, technology, math. Dimensions, what it's all the maybe same. a combination of technology and magic, but um, like the way that the aliens come through, like translated, is, is always like sounds really happy and pleasant, but it's just because like the way that they experience emotions is like completely different. <laughs> so everyone like thinks of them as like really like they're not stressed out at all, why are they so chill? But actually, they're like freaking out in their own alien way. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, that yellow was actually a very yellow red. 
yeah, maybe they communicate and they have like an aura that normal people can't sense unless they twist their minds in that weird way um, that displays their mood. Um, so like, it's not really their body language or their tone of voice. That always looks and sounds really pleasant. <laughs> and it was like, ah. Oh. Well, it doesn't really have an emotional bearing, right? It's like yeah. the informational spectrum is different from the emotional yeah. spectrum. And then, like you know, maybe like a tour guide's like been leading the visitor around, and then finally like gets that like twist to be able to see the aura, and it's like, oh man, it's like black with purple splotches and it's like swirling in a way that makes me really nauseated like you know i'm not the best at reading alien aura language but that does not look good (laughs) (laughs) it's like yeah yeah you've been stressing out your uh your guest this entire time (laughs) like severely stressed well, I would say the guests and uh, there's also the away team, I guess. So three perspectives. The away team, who is a group of like ten people who are just in the alien world. That's just where they are right now. Sometimes they're talking to the same person twice at the same time and they don't really know what to do about that. They probably have like equivalent problems where like their mood auras always look neutral. <laughs> well, nobody can see their mood aura, so people are constantly asking if they're okay. No, in in the in the in the alien world, everyone can see their mood aura, but they just don't oh, project their emotions onto it. So everyone just assumes they're fine too. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, everyone assumes that they're like, you know, completely calm all the time. Yeah. Then it's like these guys are super calm. <laughs> it's like. Wow, I I wouldn't, like, take to being in such a new place so easily. (laughs) They're, like, freaking out. No one can tell. (laughs) Super alien all the time. Some humorous, uh, you know, situations. Takes a little bit of a tangential frame of mind. But uh, you can make things, like, very... I mean, you could use the magic system I described to gain the mood aura and the ability to see it. Like, it's not incredibly difficult it's just you would have to know what to do and intentionally do it yeah but it's like it takes concentration so it's like you can but it's not like it's gonna become automatic so that well you could make the permanent changes to yourself necessary to learn that stuff and like the way that human mirroring and stuff works you could fully learn the body language and like emotional display of the other species although wouldn't be super easy but it's doable maybe it's like if you did you would actually just like become indistinguishable from a normal alien because they're actually like cousin species (laughs) i don't know about going that direction but (laughs) it is an option that's available to you maybe it's like Within the limits of their interdimensional differences, they're actually as close as they could possibly be. (laughs) That has so many (laughs) weird parts to it that I'm just not going to address. It's like they... What was I going to say? I I forgot my train of thought. Um, Like, have, like, weird echoes of, like, huh, 
there are some like really odd similarities within the context of our vast vast differences exactly but that's just first contact right it's that's how that works is there are similarities and there are differences and you got to figure out which are which before your respective populations start demanding the other's blood well i mean like even if they do like what are you gonna do you're gonna it's not like the pitchfork wielding mob is gonna be able to invade the other dimension like this that really depends gotta be really good at math Well, but the, uh, I assume our scientist, uh, published the paper, you know, years ago and has been working on it ever since. Yeah, but that doesn't, that's like saying, well, the technology to, like, build a plane is very, very well established and out there. And then assuming, like, a pitchfork-wielding mob would be able to build a working one. I don't assume that they'd be able to build a working, like, three, but a working one... (laughs) Okay, but building one... Can still do enough damage. That is not enough to invade another dimension, okay? <laughs> nope, but it's enough to destroy a building or two. Okay, after and then you get yourself killed. Maybe maybe even that, that does happen. And then we're like, guys, we are, we are so sorry. We could not control the idiots on our side. Um, <laughs> we're gonna Don't to... worry. <laughs> Don't worry. It will happen in the future from our side, too. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, like... Um, We'll just uh, trade this as a like a future forgiveness for the exact same thing, okay? Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Do you need to trade it for that? Well, you see, my cousin was visiting from three years in the future, and... Um... <laughs> we found some information that may not be good to hear. Uh, Can we prepare in advance? Um... <laughs> You know, there was very minimal loss of life, but it was a bit of an expensive tech building on your part. We're, we're sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Can we prepare in advance? Well, you can evacuate the people in the building. That we can, that we can do. But unfortunately, buildings are harder to move. You know, maybe make copies of some of that more unique stuff you were working on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. Alright. You know, like, it'll be kind of unrealistic in that nobody goes crazy and then, like, they really do try and minimize bloodshed and it's, like, a relatively happy ending. Not, like, unrealistic unrealistically everybody just gets along and loves each other, but, like, they do manage to avoid interdimensional war. (laughs) They manage to avoid war. Okay. That's, that's our baseline. Yeah. (laughs) I prefer that baseline to the alternative. You know, there are, like, logical heads in the... in controlling positions of the situation. And when they're not in controlling positions, they lie to the people who are. Uh. Yeah. You know, like, it's... It's not the same as, like, driving a car, but it's, it's kind of like... Like, if there's a, a an avalanche... No, it's not like an avalanche. We can't control avalanches. What is this like? Like, if there's a... We can start avalanches. Like, you know, when they when they crashed that satellite into that asteroid and proved that they could, like, move its trajectory by, like, 1% or whatever, Like that. 
I don't know why you would need to prove that. That's just basic physics. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they were trying to prove. Um, because the amount the trajectory moved was not in keeping with the amount that they predicted it would move. So in that sense, I would say it was a failure. <laughs> I see. <laughs> because obviously we can affect trajectories of things by crashing things into other things. But I think having some control over how much and where it goes. Yeah, crashing things goal. into other things is is Newtonian mechanics. And yeah, that's like that's like saying I can play pool because I can make the white ball hit another ball. Technically <laughs> like, <sure>. true. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's not something I would brag about. <laughs> oh man. All right, so. I imagine our resolution is they basically become like neighboring countries and very weird neighbors. Yeah. That you're nonetheless glad to have around for some reason or another. Because, you know, it they're they're miraculous beings. Um Well, and sometimes, you know, they make good entertainment media. I mean, there's miracles and whatever the bad version of miracles are, but you know catastrophes? No, but catastrophes don't have to be, like, impossible in nature, the way miracles do. I mean, miracles, it kind of depends on your definition, right? Yeah, but, I mean, miraculous in the sense, Because some like, people do describe things that actually exist with the word miracle, and they're not... Yeah, but they're, you know, just using the word miracle weirdly, and I don't no, like it. No, they're not. But yeah, you they not, are. You may not like it, but they're not using the word weirdly. You're actually the one with the strange definition here. No. No, 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 no. I am not. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> then calling a baby a miracle is dumb. Okay? It just is. That's very established mechanics. We know how that works. Yeah, okay? It's very probable that it happened, guys. <laughs> It's not a miracle, okay? Statistically probable. <laughs> yeah, I disagree with your characterization of the use of that word, but we're going to move on. Um, okay, I mean, do we have to want to, like, flesh anyone out better? Um, I think we have a few people fleshed out, right? We have the, the PR manager who is... We don't really have any, like more specific things but we do have our primary perspectives which are the occasional like very weird perspective from our alien visitor uh who is he you know they're trying they're really trying but this whole thing is very difficult we have our insane scientist who is in charge of a group of scientists and it's a group of scientists that are not all physicists or math people like, some of them are fully, like, sociologists looking at finally a society that didn't develop from this one. And that's crazy useful. <laughs> um, you have your psychologist trying to figure out just what's up with that. It's pretty difficult. You have your uh, biologists who are kind of tearing their hair out. You got the physicists who are like, how did you make this? Extremely unlikely thing spontaneously happened. <laughs> We're working <Why> on it. 
<laughs> How do we replicate this? Is this replicable? Probably not. Absolute nightmare. Uh, and then, you know, there's probably somebody who's like in some kind of government position trying to... Maybe somebody has just like had the entire affair like dumped on them because it's like <laughs> some it's politician... Like yeah. It's not like the scientist was uh, telling people about this. He, he, You know, they went into seclusion like 30 years ago <laughs> figuring this out. Yeah. Maybe like some like not quite politician, like some aide or like some someone who's like wasn't elected into their position, but they do work for the government. Like they get this affair just like dumped on them kind of as like a political sacrifice for whoever did get elected to like blame the fiasco on if something bad happens. <laughs> I see, I see. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm sorry for your bureaucrat. You are the blood sacrifice. <laughs> and they're like, no. It's not that they, they really care if the public hates them. They just don't want to be responsible for interdimensional war, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I see, I see. I mean, yeah, we've got our sort of perspectives, and I think that perspectives are more important than than characters here, at least. It's kind of a story where the characters are important, but not central. I think what's most important is to be able to catch or capture the ambiance of alienness. Exactly. So, you know, play with your, like, syntax and, like, word choices and, um... Pull from like. And fully just skip some concepts without telling people what they are. And uh, like pull from different sensory analogies and like mash them together. There we go. Great. Give them some weird senses that are kind of like synesthesia, but not really because they're actually different senses. But that's the closest that, you know, the human minds who are assuming these senses can equate. Exactly. but, you know, have some, like, underlying message of friendliness and world peace or something. <laughs> underlying message. Please don't shoot people as soon as you meet them. That's bad form. And, you know, the wonder of science. And math is cool, guys. <laughs> math is cool, and you can do cool things with math. And every time someone yeah. does, everybody else gets a little bit more of a headache. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's true of real math, am I right? <laughs> that, that's what I was referring to. <laughs> okay, cool. I think that's it. Yeah. If you like this story, write it and email us at listeners at unwrittenimaginings.com. You can use that email for other things as well, but if you want to be a guest on our podcast, you should use the guest at unwrittenimaginings.com. You know, uh, share, like, rate. Do the things that will get us more listeners, please. <laughs> yes, we, we need your ratings and reviews for reasons. Well, that sounds ominous. We swear we're just kind of attention hungry. Are we attention hungry? I am. Okay, well. But in a very different way. Maybe, you know, it's nice to know we're not shouting into the void. That let's just, yeah, let's just call it that. <laughs> Sometimes I'd prefer to avoid shouted back and no, said nice things. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs>
Void, if you're listening, do not shout back. Um, <laughs> well, okay. Do shout back, but only say nice things. No, 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 no. Okay. <laughs> okay, before the Void shouts back, let's just say bye. <laughs> bye. Bye.